When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is The New Tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Well, Fox News is slowly but surely joining its fellow MSM brethren by jumping aboard the climate crisis bandwagon and calling illegal immigrant criminals non-citizens. If you care about the privacy features of your iPhone, so-called cybersecurity experts recommend deleting the Facebook app. I recommend that even if you don't care about your privacy features. Well, the review of Apple's new basic AirPods are out. All of the reviewers seem to agree that the sound has improved, but they caution that you can do a lot better at that price point. As COVID fades, the climate crisis hysteria increases. And if you noticed, there was no episode of this show last week. I had some personal things to attend to. I was going to record a special edition, but couldn't find the time. This week, I'll cover the three announcements that were made a couple weeks ago. Hey, better late than never. Zach News. Well, there were three events last week, or was it the week before? First, we had Apple, then Google, and finally Samsung. We'll start off with Apple, of course. First up was the introduction of Apple Music Voice for $4.99 per month. Hey, that's a great price, just like the old Nokia Music Service. Remember that? No! What's the catch? Well, I'll tell you. You have to use a Siri Voice Assistant enabled device and request music via that digital assistant. No! Just... This makes it a non-starter for my family and I. You can't use the app to play music directly. Siri is the dumbest virtual assistant out there. It would never be able to find and play music for me, because I've got weird taste. (laughs) Next, the HomePod Minis were introduced in the new colors yellow, blue, and red, and that's in addition to the white and space gray colors previously released. A recent software update gives spatial audio capabilities to these little speakers. 
I witnessed the effect of this while watching a movie last week. The effect is pretty good. It's making me rethink my planned purchase of a Sonus soundbar. Apple bills the HomePod Mini as having room-filling sound. That's their words. They don't, and are lacking in mid- and high-range clarity. A pair of IKEA Sonos speakers will blow these away, and they cost about the same price. I know this for a fact because I have both. Well, hopefully Apple will release a HomePod with multiple drivers and a price point of around $129. Up next, the new base model AirPods were introduced. The leaks were all correct. They look just like the AirPods Pro. And as I predicted, they mount in your ears just like the model they replace, which means no rubber ear tips. They feature spatial audio and adaptive equalization, but lack the automatic noise reduction the pros have. They'll come standard with wireless charging cases, which are also MagSafe compatible. At $179, these will sell like hotcakes, in my opinion. Myself, I'd go with the Beat Studio Pros. They have more features, except for their case. It's not re uh, wirelessly rechargeable. And the Beats have colors other than the standard old white. Finally, the new MacBook Pros were introduced. They'll come in 14 and 16 inch displays, which will feature mini LED and a 120 hertz refresh rate, which makes these the best displays for notebooks on the market. Two new CPUs were introduced, the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. They are faster, more efficient, and in the case of the M1 Max chip, it can directly address up to 64 gigs of memory. That's something pros have been wanting for a long, long time. The graphic capabilities of these new chips are greatly enhanced also, well, at least according to Apple. As far as the design of the computers themselves go, uh, they follow the recent design cues of the new iPhones, iPads, and iMacs, meaning a kind of squared-off design. The Apple Watch is the only hardware which doesn't follow this trend. I guess the rumors of a manufacturing problem with the Series 7 watches were true. The touch bar is gone, which will make many people happy, but the display itself will feature a notch. What? No mention was made about Face ID compatibility. Of course, Touch ID is available and present on the keyboard itself. Besides the three Thunderbolt ports, the machine adds a HDMI port and an SD card slot. MagSafe makes a return also, though you can still charge the notebook via the Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt ports. The machine can drive two high-definition external monitors, or three if you have the M1 Max chip on board. The hard drives and RAMs are improved, of course, as well as the mics and speakers. The camera is finally 1080p, though strangely, center stage capability wasn't talked about. You know, even the entry-level iPad features this, uh, so I guess the MacBook Pro joins my iPad Air in lacking this feature. <laughs> the 14-inch model starts at $1,999, and the 16-inch will start at $2,499. You can configure a 16-inch MacBook Pro to cost you over $6,000. Wow. That introduction concluded the event. What became apparent to me is the further separation of Apple's Pro and consumer lines. Unless you're a professional user or independently wealthy, which I am neither, these machines will have no appeal to you. I'll talk more on this in future episodes.
The following day, Google had its fall event. During the opening, I was struck by the contrast between Apple and Google. Apple's event opened with old bow-legged Tim standing in a field in front of the new spaceship-like headquarters, soaking up that fine California sun. Google opened with a young woman in a small apartment who, after showering, then eating, is alerted by her phone at its time to work. She exits her apartment, almost forgetting her cute little dog. We see that she's in Manhattan and grabs a subway train. After showing off a couple of features of the new Pixel 6, she arrives at work, where a friend is waiting for her. We then find out that she works at the new Google store in Chelsea, New York. I found that this appealed to me, being that I'm from New York and I know how it is. The event then kicks off within the store and we're introduced to the main speaker, whose preferred pronouns are displayed next to his name. Most of the other speakers at the event get the same pronoun treatment. Uh-oh. The speaker then shows us pictures of the new Pixel 6 and 6 Pro while saying that it's the most inclusive phone ever, what? especially the camera. Well, I'd like to tell you that the leaks were all correct. The phone looks exactly the same, and we learned that all the leak features were spot on. The 6.4-inch screen Pixel 6 will start at $599 wow. and features an under-display fingerprint reader and a 90 hertz refresh rate, screen refresh rate, that is. The Pro version features a 6.7-inch screen with a 120 hertz screen refresh rate. It has a telephoto lens and 12 gigabytes of RAM versus the 6 of the regular Pixel 6. Both models start with a base memory of 128 gigs, and the Pro will cost you $899. While both models are cheaper than Apple's offerings, I think the base model Pixel is the way to go here. The Pro doesn't offer enough of an upgrade to justify the $300 price difference, as in my opinion anyway. We're then told that this is the most secure Pixel ever, and it, re it will receive five years of security updates. Note that it will not receive five years of operating system updates, just a paltry three years versus Apple's five years plus of updates. We're then treated to the now customary bloviation about the new in-house Tensor chip. It looks like Google has finally caught up to Apple in the video recording department, which is a good thing. The camera software features a function called Magic Erase, which lets you take out things from the photo right on the phone, which is really cool. Next, the CEO of Snapchat is given the floor for far too long, in my opinion, explaining the Pixels and Androids itself deep integration with Snapchat. You know, I tried Snapchat many years ago and just don't get its popularity. I guess I'm out of its demo anyway. I think TikTok is the big deal now. After he's done, we are blessed with the presence of the Google Equity Department head who tells us that cameras are racist and are part of the white patriarchy. He's joined by a few other folks telling us the same thing and how Google worked with many people of color to rectify this apparent blight on society. You know, I was thinking to myself when this was going on, if that was so true, why are, and I guess you'd call them colorless white models and movie stars, always tanning themselves in order to show up better on the camera? You know why? Because it's called exposure settings, and you can teach yourself how to use them without Google making the call for you. Pandering much? Next up was voice typing, and it was demonstrated, and it looked 
pretty awesome, as well as language translation, which is integrated throughout the operating system and Google Apps. This was demonstrated by a Japanese woman with an Anglo first name who seems to reside in this country, meaning the USA, but just can't or won't speak a word of English. The event ends with a commercial touting the new inclusive non-racist camera. No earbuds or watches were announced. I guess uh, those leaks were of Samsung's new Galaxy watches, as I mentioned previously in earlier episodes. Uh, This was the most woke event I've ever witnessed and left me unsure if I could even purchase this phone, being I'm a Caucasian straight male. Sheesh. You know, I noticed that undocumented migrants weren't represented properly at this event. Just I'll have to fire up my old Twitter account and start a campaign to get people canceled. (laughs) To end the week, we had the Samsung Unpacked 2 event. This slickly produced event starts off with a gorgeous Asian performer named Somi. She's rocking long blonde hair. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't this a cultural appropriation? Oh, wait a minute. Wrong event. This doesn't seem to work both ways in these modern times anyway. (laughs) Somi just loves her Samsung Galaxy Flip 3 and gushes about it. She even has time to demonstrate how she and her friends can make a dance video with it and how the camera follows her around, keeping her in frame. It sounds like Samsung's version of Apple's center stage, doesn't it? The main speaker is introduced, and is no pronouns here, who touts the Galaxy ecosystem and shows demonstrations of how it works. Of course, in this demo, things flow like water between phone, watch, tablet, and computer. And we all know in real life this won't be true, as even Apple's tightly integrated ecosystem always has hiccups. The new Galaxy Flip 3 Bestoke Edition is then introduced. This feature will allow you to order your phone in a myriad of colors and combinations, a la the old Moto X. Heck, even if you get tired of what you ordered, you can change it. I guess you'd have to send the phone back to Samsung, though. They weren't too clear about that. The Galaxy Watch 4 Bespoke Edition then took center stage. Well, basically, this is a regular Galaxy Watch 4, but uh, you can change out watch bands and customize the watch faces. What follows next is a a software demonstration of uh, Google Duo and something called the Emoji Pairs. And yes, now you can send two emojis that will rotate. And Samsung's take on Apple's Find My, and finally, a collaboration with some obscure French design house named Mason Kasuni, whose Fox logo is available for watch faces, earbuds, and their cases, and even your phone, tablet, watch, and computer's interface. Isn't that exciting? The event closed with another round of praise for Samsung's ecosystem and how easy it is to switch from your boring old iPhone. Will people do this? I don't think so, but what do I know? I'm just an old fart with access to a microphone. All in all, it was a fun watch, and there were no politics in any shape or form whatsoever contained in this event, as it should be. I wish Apple, and now especially Google, would learn something from this. I love the form factor of the Galaxy Flip 3, without the bespoke enhancements that were just announced, but it's the UI and lack of updates that I don't like. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Me and a lot of people are just waiting for Apple's take on the foldable form factor. Check out musing. I had a birthday a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, I just got even older. 
Of course, I was gifted some tech, so here's a little rundown. From my eldest daughter, Jessica, I got a Wise Smart Scale. It's replacing a popular and more expensive Chinese brand I've been using. Compared to that scale, the Wise is more solidly built, solidly built and more stable due to the material it's made from and a larger size. The display is larger too. The construction quality reminds me of the more expensive Fitbit scale I've used. The companion app is as good as the highly touted Chinese brand, but nothing special. She also gave me a pair of spin shoes that can clip into the pedals of my indoor cycle once I get around to mounting the hardware into the bottom of the shoe. From my son John, I received a Nike sports band for my Series 6 watch. The old nylon loop I was wearing uh, soaked up the sweat and smelled foul after a workout, believe me. The strap is much more comfortable and looks better in my opinion. And finally, from my lovely wife, I received the Apple MagSafe battery pack for my new iPhone. You know, the iPhone 13 doesn't really need it, but this will come in very handy on trips. It snaps onto the back of the phone via the MagSafe magnet system, and it seems to be very sturdy. All in all, I had a great birthday in Birthday Hall. I bet you thought I was going to say entertainment news, but we're skipping that this week because there's not much I can tell you about that. Instead, I bring you podcasting news. On October 17th, I, along with my daughter Jessica and my son John, attended a live Halloween show. It was put on by the folks from the No Sleep podcast. It was held at a smallish venue. I'd say about 60 people attended. It was pretty nice. A couple of comedy, and I use the term lightly, acts were present. Judging by the audience, I'd say they were tolerated. I didn't find them that entertainment. They were there to kill time, I'd imagine, and they did that well. Five of the voice actors from the show were on hand and performed two stories. The actors are from all over the country, two of them from Canada, so it got me wondering on how they produce an episode. I guess they could use a service like Zoom and do the reads together and edit later, or perhaps it's uh, each just reads their part of the script and mails it in to be edited uh, together later. All in all, I had a good time, and I plan to uh, attend something like this uh, again in the future. Podcasters, you can now upload your podcast to Facebook. I'll be looking into this myself. Spotify is claiming that they're in the number one place for podcast listening. And they overtook Apple. Eh, but that's up for debate. Well, to wrap this up, most of the podcasting news over the last couple of weeks was the big boys launching yet more true crime shows. You know, just how many of these shows can one listen to and can the ecosystem take? Time for a rant. It's Halloween today as I'm recording this. You know, I started looking back a bit and I remember when this used to be a children's holiday. When did the adults co-op this day, at least in this country? 
Now, along with young children trick-or-treating, you'll have teenagers and adults dressing up and begging you for candy. In my day, if you were older than age 12, you were made fun of if you trick-or-treated. Back then, in the Stone Age, the adults would tie one on and rummage through the candy the kids had brought home for a quick snack. My last trick-or-treat came when I was 11. Halloween fell on a Saturday, and I had football practice, and afterwards I was kind of hungry. I knocked on my neighbor's door, full gear on, and got a candy bar, and that was it for me. You know, at least I had some semblance of a costume on. These days, many show up without any form of one. Perhaps we should get back to letting Halloween be a children's event. I guess some kids never grow up these days, because now they're aided by puberty blockers dispensed like candy from their friendly neighborhood physicians. Trick or treat. Episode double nine is now complete on this Halloween evening. This episode marks two years since this podcast was launched. How about that? I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed making it for you. Hope you found it worth your while. You can always contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. You tell me what things you liked or disliked about the show. I'd love hearing from you. I won't see you next week. I'll be working, so I'll try to do something, put something out. But remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now get off my lawn, unless you want to help me rake the leaves. I'm out. See ya. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.